Al Jazeera Podcasts. Today, in the U.S. state of Texas, there is really just one way to describe abortion laws for the people who understand them. I think the best word to describe how this has played out would be chaos. A lot of fear and confusion. Absolute confusion. As the U.S. gears up for an election, the Biden campaign has promised to restore abortion rights. Will its efforts fall short? I'm Malika Pilal, and this is The Take. A lot has changed over the past year. I have left the clinic I was at in Austin, Texas, and decided to move to Washington, D.C. That's Dr. Jessica Rubino. You might remember her from an earlier episode we did last winter, a few months after Roe v. Wade was essentially overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. That's the 1973 court case that legalized abortion across the country. My colleague Sonia Vagat, a producer here on The Take, caught up with her recently. Hey, Sonia. Hi, Malika. So, Sonia, I know you talked with Dr. Rubino about navigating the near-total abortion ban where she used to live in Texas. Yeah, that's right. It's been nearly two years since that ban went into place, and I've been really interested in that story ever since. So I asked Dr. Rubino how she's been feeling about how abortion rights are being addressed by politicians as we're gearing up for elections here in the U.S. You know, I'm continuing to talk to people every day going through abortions and just they pretty much just feel like they are all alone. And from where I'm sitting, it doesn't feel like very much is happening. So she's not happy with how the issue is being handled, and she's pretty upset by what's happening in Texas under that near-total abortion ban. You know, I feel like that's part of what was really difficult about the making the decision to leave was knowing that I would be leaving patients behind there. I asked her about why she needed to leave Texas in the first place, and she said it was because she was no longer able to provide abortion care. She wasn't able to do her job. As someone who provided abortion care there, how did all of this play out before you left? Well, for physicians like myself or other people who take care of pregnant patients, basically our entire healthcare, abortion is a part of it. It's a component. So when you take away that one component, the other things can be jeopardized. So for example, I've had patients who found out they were pregnant while going through chemotherapy and that chemotherapy then being stopped and denied. I had a patient before this ban went into effect who she had broken her arm and she needed surgery and they found out she was pregnant and they refused to do her surgery until she was no longer pregnant. She actually had a broken arm that was going to have to stay like that, misshapen, until something was done. That was even before the ban was in place. Now it's even worse. And it doesn't matter if you had have plans to terminate, if your plan is to leave the state. I was really surprised by the ripple effects of these abortion laws. Dr. Rubino was telling me that doctors in many fields are really unable to do their jobs in Texas. 
everyone is so concerned now that they don't jeopardize in any way the pregnancy, they lose entire focus of the person who's carrying the pregnancy. Mine is, you know, a pretty clear example. Because I'm an abortion provider, I had to leave. If I was going to continue to do abortions, I had to leave the state. But if you're someone who works in oncology, you take care of cancer patients. Well, what about all your patients that come to you that are pregnant and you're no longer allowed to take care of them? For those of us that are deciding to leave, it's because that is unacceptable. That couldn't have been an easy decision, moving her practice and leaving her patients. So what have things been like for people who are still in Texas seeking abortions? Yeah, Dr. Rabino said women are still getting abortions. And she told me it's a longer, scarier process than it was before the ban. And I talked to someone else who focuses on getting people the care that they need. Hi, my name is Holly Bowles. I'm the Director of Sexual Assault Victim Advocacy at the Safe Alliance. And the abortion bans have impacted our work in several different ways. Holly helps people who have questions about sexual assault and sometimes abortion. We really weren't sure what we were allowed to say, what questions we were allowed to answer. And anyone who aided and abetted in someone getting an abortion, it just created this fear of wanting to err on the side of caution and thus not really giving much information to folks at all who really needed it. And then, of course, creating a culture of fear for survivors as well, because they didn't know who they could trust, right? Not knowing who is going to feel safe. And even us as a service provider might not seem like a safe resource to go to anymore either. And as for Dr. Rabino, she says many women are now turning to abortion pills. And so once you find out you're pregnant, your options are try to go online and get yourself pills. So you're taking on risks, right? and wondering where the pills are coming from and the risk that someone else in Texas will find out about it. Will they out you to someone else? Will they report you to someone? Will you be criminalized in some way? And then you say, okay, well, maybe I'm pregnant and I don't want to be pregnant, so I'm going to try to do it the legal way and leave the state. Well, do you have a job that you have enough time you can take off from work? In Texas, if you live in the middle of the state, it could take you a day or to get out of the state. And what if you have children? With federal protection for abortion rights gone, traveling across state lines will be the reality for so many women. You want to get it done, and but it's just also like, I have to go to Albuquerque to get this done. There are nonprofits that raise funds to help women in these situations. But even that can be tricky. You got to find their number, call during the right times navigating all this while trying to decide, do you need an abortion? Kathy Torres represents one of those funds, Frontera Fund. It helps women get abortion care in Texas. We are an abortion fund based in the Rio Grande Valley. We are the only abortion fund down here, so we fund people's abortion care who live in border communities and need abortion care outside of Texas. Undocumented people are also dealing with a fear of being detained and even deported by Border Patrol because they're having to travel now to get abortions. But now it's been months of living like this, 
and she says she's not really getting very many calls anymore. Many of the clinics who would be helping these women have closed under the ban. In Texas, we don't have any clinics anymore um, at all. Not abortion clinics, at least. We still get callers. We're working really hard to try and get our information out there. But, you know, there has been a stark difference there. So, Sonia, we've been focusing on Texas, but near-total abortion bans were enacted in 14 different states. And there was a study published in January that shows an increase in rape-related pregnancies in those states. What does that tell us about how these bans are playing out? Well, why don't I let Dr. Sam Dickman tell you? He was the lead author of that study, and he says their research shows how many survivors of rape were left without access to abortion care. We estimated that there have been more than half a million rape survivors in states with total abortion bans, and that more than 64,000 of them have gotten pregnant as a result of rape. We estimate that in Texas alone, there have been more than 200,000 reproductive-aged girls and women who have been raped since the total abortion ban went into effect there in 2022, and that more than 26,000 of those survivors have gotten pregnant as a result. And that's in the last 18 months. When Texas first passed its abortion ban, people criticized the law for not including exceptions for rape or incest. And in response to that, Texas Governor Greg Abbott said this. Rape is a crime, and Texas will work tirelessly to make sure that we eliminate all rapists from the streets of Texas by aggressively going out and uh, arresting them and prosecuting them and getting them off the streets. So, goal number But Dr. Rubino says the governor of Texas is not looking at the real problem. It's actually focusing on the wrong problem in this case. At least in modern America, I hope we've come to a place where we all agree that being raped by someone is unacceptable. But we somehow have not gotten around to believing in and understanding that it is not okay to force someone to give birth. After the break, what all of this means for November's upcoming elections. Welcome to Necessary Tomorrows. My name is Ursula. I am an AI. And I have inferred from your online activity that you have been feeling more dread than hope when you think about the future that is coming for us here in the 2060s. So I have created a course just for you to enhance your capacity for imagining different futures. Necessary Tomorrows, an audio series by Doha Debates and Al Jazeera. Find it where you listen to podcasts. So, Sonia, let's talk politics. Abortion rights have been a campaign issue for both parties for years. Have the abortion rights advocates like Dr. Rubino, who you spoke with, been happy with President Joe Biden and now candidate Joe Biden's campaigning on the abortion issue? Yeah, she's been pretty disappointed by the national response to these abortion bans. I mean, we need at the national level, this just needs to be a removal of all the bans. We need to have complete protection of our rights as if we were actually whole human beings. The Biden campaign recently released their first campaign ad on abortion, and it featured a woman from Dallas, Texas, who learned the fetus she was carrying had a fatal condition. 
in Texas, you are forced to carry that pregnancy. And that is because of Donald Trump overturning Roe v. Wade. The choice was completely taken away. I was to continue my pregnancy, putting my life at risk. It's every woman's worst nightmare, and it was absolutely unbearable. We need leaders that will protect our rights and not take them away. And that's Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I'm Joe Biden, and I approve this message. So to find out more about the Biden administration's approach on abortion, I called up Amanda Becker. She's the Washington, D.C. correspondent for the 19th News. That's a gender policy news outlet. And I asked her if what the Biden administration is doing to address abortion has been hitting home with voters. Yeah, I mean, the Biden re-election campaign is really staking a lot on the resonance of this issue with voters. Voters have shown in the 2022 midterms that abortion is a salient issue for them and a motivator when it comes to turning out people who support abortion rights. But... Biden does have kind of a long-standing discomfort with talking about abortion. And when you talk to abortion rights activists and what they want to see from this administration as they're making the case for another four years is a more full-throated kind of messaging about this from the president to show that he's gotten beyond his discomfort. Over the years, his abortion record has been mixed. Flashback to 1974, a year after Roe v. Wade. He told the Washingtonian magazine, I don't like the Supreme Court decision on abortion. I think it went too far. I don't think that a woman has the sole right to say what should happen to her body. And Biden has mostly been handing the issue of abortion to Kamala Harris, his vice president. We have in Joe Biden a courageous fighter for our most fundamental freedoms as Americans including, of course, the freedom to make decisions about one's own body and not have their government tell them what they're supposed to do. And so I think what some people would like to see at this point, if they are going to, quote, run on abortion rights, would be a more forceful message coming straight from the president, straight from the top. So what would it take to restore abortion rights across the U.S.? Is this something a president could even do? Keeping in mind that Roe v. Wade was overturned under President Biden. Yeah, I was curious about that, too. Here's what Amanda told me. I think that for abortion rights to be restored nationally in the United States, it would take federal legislation. Now, if you look at the mechanics of our Congress, that is going to be difficult no matter how you slice it. The case that Biden made to voters ahead of the 2022 midterms was keep the House and give me the Senate and give me enough seats in the Senate and we'll get legislation passed. Give me a Democratic House of Representatives and give me a bigger bigger Democratic Senate. And we will pass a new law restoring the protection of Roe v. Wade, and I will sign it immediately. I don't know how realistic that promise was then, and I don't see it being entirely realistic now. They would have to come up with the political will and the political momentum. 
And so I think it is probably a very long road to codifying on a federal level any sort of abortion or reproductive rights access. And the Supreme Court that we have in the United States right now is pretty hostile to abortion rights. So if you're an abortion rights activist or advocate, now is not the time you want to be bringing a case to try and widen access to abortion and having it go before the Supreme Court. I do think the more practical case to be made for a Biden reelect, if you're looking at it from an abortion rights perspective, would be that he would be a backstop and a veto against any legislation that the Republicans might pass. Throughout Amanda's reporting, she's found these laws are having a huge impact in places across the whole country. Well, women and, and anyone who has the capability of becoming pregnant are facing really, truly life and death decisions right now. We saw a woman in Ohio who started miscarrying. She was told she had a non-viable pregnancy. Her body was in a process of slow miscarriage. She went to the hospital more than once trying to get treatment, but could not be treated because of this, and as a result, ended up miscarrying at home and then was arrested. Brittany Watts, a 33-year-old Black woman, says she went to the hospital multiple times after bleeding during her pregnancy. Watts returned home where she suffered a miscarriage. Now she's being charged with abuse of a corpse, and she faces up to one year in prison and a $2,500 fine. Now, a grand jury declined to indict her just a couple of weeks ago, but we are going to see more and more people being criminalized for what I would call negative pregnancy outcomes. Say you miscarry on your own after a doctor or healthcare facility declines to treat you. We are going to see a real increase in this kind of criminalization in any state that has an abortion ban, even when there are exceptions. Keeping that all in mind, abortion rights advocates like Dr. Rubino, the abortion provider who left Texas, they must be looking at a stark road ahead. What did she say to you about what she expects to see next? Yeah, I think it is hard for them. I asked Dr. Rubino if she still had hope things would turn around. I'm not really the one to turn to, I guess, for a lot of hope. When you're pregnant and you need an abortion, it's a now problem. It's not a future problem. Each day, someone is going through just hell. And it's hard for me to see past that. And that's The Take. This episode was produced by Sonia Bagat with Amy Walters, Chloe Kaylee, Nagin Oliayi, Miranda Lynn, David Enders, Sariel Khalili, Ashish Malhotra, Khalid Sultan, Zaina Badr, Veronisa Campana, and me, Malika Bilal. Alex Roldan is our sound designer. Alexandra Locke is The Take's executive producer. And Ney Alvarez is Al Jazeera's head of audio. We'll be back. <laughs> 